Welcome to Women in Electronics, the only show that empowers, develops, advocates, and celebrates the accomplishments and advancement of women in the electronics industry. With your host, Jackie Maddox. So here we are again with another episode of Women in Electronics podcast series. Here again with part two with Ken Bradley. Hi, Ken. Hey, good to be back. I'm so happy to have you back. I have so many things to talk to you about. In our last episode, we got kind of a good discussion going around the first question (laughs) I asked you with how you got your start in the industry and and so many good nuggets came from that. So I thought, well, let's circle back around on some more um, in part two. But I wanted to start out with Allied. So why did you pick Allied? Why do you still choose Allied after all these years, right? Yeah. And um, what is your strength in the market? You know, why I chose Allied, you know, really because those that actually were drawing me across to work for Allied were people I trusted, I revered, I respected, you know. So, again, it goes back to that whole, I, I didn't know the business. You know, I was coming with a complete open mind around what it could be. I actually I came in expecting it to be a very kind of short stay, just another progression in my career. But the staying power and why I'm still here is because of people. I mean, it really comes down to, to who you work with, who you work for the community that creates for you, that's really it. I think the business is something that exposes you to so many opportunities, if you so choose, that there's a lot of growth potential within the industry as well. And you know, we see a lot of people around our industry when you go to different conferences. I mean, people have been in this industry a long, long time. And I think it is the blending of community and opportunity that kind of is that drawing factor, just like it is for me. Mm, you know, that is a good point. Uh, and I just want to point something out too. We have a lot of seasoned leaders that are phenomenal. Like I would say in our industry, I don't think we always recognize it, but we have some of the best leaders across any industry. And really, we just, again, had our conference in uh, San Diego recently. And Bill Lowe gave a whole talk about the impact of our globe on you know, of the electronics industry on our globe and the innovation and what it means to the world. And so I I would say that the leaders that we have that are seasoned that have seen the progression of the industry, some of them were go back to Radio Road, right? Like, think about this. We need those leaders here. We we need them mentoring the next generation, as you referred to in our last session. So, okay, so you're at Allied. And part one, you had mentioned next, and it's so funny, like I'm going to circle back around to that because we, we've done a lot of digging in and, and, and at Women Electronics, we like to talk to leaders like yourself, but get down to the bottom of what's your why and what's your next, right? Why do you do what you do? And what's next after this, whether it's a, a next level promotion, a next level project, you know, whatever that might be. So let me just ask you. As far as Allied is concerned, here you've been there all these years, obviously staying for a reason. What's the next? What What do you envision with all your experience in the industry and where the industry is going? What's the next? It's a great question. And But if you go back and you look at the 18 years that I've been in the organization and thereby in the industry, it's a very different industry and organization today than it was five years ago, 10 years ago, you know, 18 years ago. And I think it really speaks to the progression of society. 
You know, you think about the you know what we're dealing with today with the electrification of everything and, and, and what that's going to mean for us moving forward, you know, and our ability to serve, continue to serve through our business into the world we live in. If, if I go back and look at where it started, I mean, we were very much at that time, very much just a parts business. We, we sold parts. Um, then we progressed to being a company that actually really was digitally focused. And so digital enters the equation and it kind of challenges it a different way around way, the way we serve customers. You know, the concept of omni-channel comes out of that. It's how you connect the two pieces together and make it seamless for the customer and ultimately in how you serve the supplier's products to the market. And then looking forward, it's now taking that omni-channel and it's, an, it's attaching it to more of a solutions orientation. How do you solve problems for customers? How do you add value beyond the products? Because you can get the products anywhere today. And I think, you know, the evolution of the industry and the influences of the way the B2C world is now impacting the way we have to think and how we serve our customers, the way, let's just call it, the way Amazon has influenced that B2C world and how that's now playing in and, and their continued expansion, you know, and more relevance even in the B2B space today, it's having an impact on our continued evolution and growth in a way that we're having to continually stretch our thinking on what it means to serve a customer, what it means to actually extend the value that you bring through your engagements. I love that stretching your thinking. That's what we're always trying to do at Women Electronics. And I believe what you said is so critical and so true. We are in a time we have to look at things different. What got us here won't get us there. And it all comes down to leadership. Who's at the leadership table and what is the perspective at the leadership table, right? And so this gets into, you know, some of these next conversations. And really, so first of all, I want to start off with asking you, who were some of your mentors? So we talk about yeah. perspective, we talk about opportunities, we talk about all this, but we can't do all this alone. And we rely on people, our relationships. So tell me about your mentors. You know, I have a number. I mean, I, I don't think for me, it's not any one person. You know, you, you can always say, well, it's your father and, and definitely the role that he plays, grandfathers. You know, I can go back over years and just list tons of people. But if I look just within the industry and I think about the time that I've spent at Ally, for instance, Lee Davidson is probably the most formative mentor in my life, it's in, in my career, because he he entered my life at such a critical time period. I was 24 years old when we met. And I had this tenacity. I wanted to learn and grow. And, and he was just this calming leader, you know, who was willing to give you chances, but also almost acted like a father figure to you if you wanted that. And so he gave me great coaching. He gave me great opportunities. He counseled me when I made bad decisions yeah, and made and critiqued me in ways sometimes that went beyond business. And so he had such a huge impact on me. But I'll tell you the thing he probably impacted me the most was through there's two things, really. The role model he gave in terms of what's important in life and making sure you always keep the, you know, the, the most important things first, the family orientation and those sorts of things and balancing work and personal. And so that was something that he really ingrained in me. And actually, he caught me in, in a situation at one point where I was about to make a bad decision. And he counseled me on that on that balance you have to strike and where your priorities have to sit. I'll never forget it. He also allowed me to discover that I could do more. And then when I got to that point where I'm doing more, he allowed me to continue to discover that I could do more than that and more than that. Coming up, I, I didn't know where my limits were. And so he allowed me to explore that. 
And I think that really opened up my understanding of all of our potentials in some ways has some limits, but I think we all have further progressions we can take at any point in our career to learn and grow. And he allowed me to, to find that about myself. And there was a confidence it created in me that um, I didn't have entering it. And so I owe a lot to him. And I think the other person I would, I would put out there, I think Lindsay Ruth, our current CEO, Lindsay is a, a very different leader than Lee Davidson was. Lindsay is different in that Lindsay's a visionary type. And so Lindsay stretched me and continues to stretch me every day with regards to the art of the possible. But he still strikes the balance of the personal side and the work-life balance that you know he likewise believes in and wants to foster within our organization. But I, I really give him a lot of credit for allowing me to see the art of the possible you know, from the standpoint of what we can be as an organization. That's played a big role in how my I've been able to then positively influence our business to really move in the last couple of years. So those are just two major mentors for me that are, you know, more near term in terms of my career here at Allied. Wow, that is really amazing because I think everybody needs mentors like that. So you mentioned with Lee, he was mentoring you on values. He was mentoring you, helping you with confidence. And I, I feel like it's so critical because especially, you know, being women in electronics, I think we have a lot of women who listen on men too. I'm hoping a lot of male leaders are listening, but I feel like this is the area we tend to struggle as women is not having the confidence in ourselves to go to that next level or to try that next thing. And I think it's so comforting to know that you struggled with that a little too, but you had people who believed in you and who were a soft place to fall. Yes. When you had little stumbles along the way. So I really like that message. And it's so critical for all of us to have mentors. And then Lindsley, like you were saying, that visionary and giving you the art of possibility is so important because I think that other people tend to see more in us than we see in ourselves. Right. And so it takes that leader to say, you can do this. You can. So if you take all of that, and you package it up, how is it now you are able to give that back to Allied in your team? I definitely, I, I would take with both of their gifts, you know, both of the kind of, the, I would say it's the two things of the balance of kind of how people want to work and, and the importance of priorities in their lives. That's just at the core of who I am these days. I definitely foster that in our organization by clearly role modeling. You know, I'm going to make those choices in the right priority order. And it translates down because people see that you know, and, you, and you talk about it. And I think it's kind of it, it's it's it sounds simple on the surface, but it's something that has to it has to be seen and witnessed and experienced from your leaders above you before you then buy into it and carry it on in your own life. And so I have to do that. That's that's one thing that I, I'm intentional about. Um, I'd say on the visionary side of things, the you know, Lindsay is Lindsay probably of all of, of both my mentors. You know, different points in your life, you're impacted in different ways. Lindsley stretched me more in a space that wasn't natural for me, you know, with the visionary side of things. I'm an operational type person, you know, so I like to keep things contained. And, you know, and I like to have things numbered and know the order of things. And Lindsay doesn't operate that way. But he's really allowed me to stretch myself into thinking about the what ifs. You know, and so how that translates to my team and to the organization is, you know, it goes back to a time period we had as an early on when I first took this this particular seat. And we got together as a leadership team and we were really challenging ourselves around who do we want to be as an organization? Who do we want to be as a leadership team? 
And we talked about what our success would look like if we continued down the historical trends of our business. And it's a very respectful, a very with a lot of respect, we looked at that and said, you know, that that was actually a it's been a great history, but we want to be greater. And so I said, you know, if we look at the his- history there, then that gets us to X, but we want to get to Y. And so there's going to have to be a different type of thinking. And we applied this mantra to our, our team and to our organization at the time that just said, why can't we? And it was just this kind of blatant in-your-face question we constantly asked when, when maybe there was an obstacle in front of us about, well, why can't we do that? Why not? And that went on for the next year, being a theme that we played out over and over and over. And it really translated to us thinking bolder, bigger in terms of the results we were going to drive, in terms of the the strategic initiatives or objectives we were going to set out in front of ourselves. And now what's happening is the team itself is also thinking in that similar way and it's cascading. You know, so I guess that's probably the biggest impact of that mentorship playing itself out while still maintaining that kind of culture we want to have around the balance that you want to strike within an organization. Wow, that was really impactful. And I just have to say, like, that's a mindset. So, you know, that's a growth mindset. Yes. And what that requires is empowering people to go and employ that mindset, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's the top empowering all the different levels within the organization to go and have that mindset and allow for mistakes, if we want to call them, or we would say another way of doing things, right? So that's super tricky. And I can relate to Lindsley as far as that visionary and just having that mindset of possibility. I would say that what some of my mentors that, and there's so many they saw something in me that I didn't see. And I feel like it's really important as top leaders like yourself, that people look up to you. They don't get to talk to you every day or other leaders like Lindsley, like Lee, that those leaders point out something in somebody that they didn't see in themselves, you know, because that's what drives you to have that confidence to get to the next level. So that's so critical. And really, since we're concluding the mentorship conversation, so what are your guiding leadership principles? So when you, when you take all of that at the end of the day, and you know, more than anybody, how many tough decisions you probably have to make on a very regular basis. So let me turn that over to you. There's a couple things I want to get to. What are those guiding leadership principles and how is it now more than ever that that leadership table is changing and your decision-making process is changing? I have a story I tell anytime I'm asked this and it goes back to got my first leadership role here um, at Allied. Yeah, I had one of our, our executive team members um, took me to lunch and just wanted to have a conversation with me. And it was really, it was really kind of his way of saying, hey, congratulations. And also then kind of putting something into my life that would help me as I stepped into this role. And so we were sitting eating and he, and he said, um, hey, I just got one kind of serious thing I want to share with you. And then we'll, let's just get to know each other a little bit more. And I said, okay. So he said, you know, there's this one principle I would just ask for you to live by as a leader as you go forward, and it'll help you. He said, if you'll just always seek to surround yourself through hiring, through promotion, through kind of what you gather around you, to surround yourself with people that are better than you. In every area, you will thrive as a leader. 
But if you fail to do that, and if you feel like you need to be the empowered with the power one at the table, you'll always achieve mediocrity. I took those words and I kind of let it marinate a little bit, and it's kind of, it aligned with my what what I wanted to be as a leader, someone who empowered. But it wasn't a it wasn't a comfort level I'd achieved yet. You know, I was still trying to find myself at this point. And so throughout my career, I have never forgotten that. I've repeated it so many times. As I've taken this particular role, as I've grown throughout my career, because it's been a progression to learn how to apply that that coaching. But as I got into this particular seat, I knew the challenge was great. I knew that Lindsley, our board, everybody's expectations were huge for what we were going to achieve as an organization, far greater than anything we'd seen historically. And so in order to achieve that, it couldn't be just me. I didn't have all the ideas. In fact, you know, I'm, I'm pale in comparison to what some of the great people we have now can actually do. And so I was intentional about with every hire I made, I tried to live out that coaching and surrounded the table with people who are just superior talents, who have knowledge that, you know, I can't, I I can't you know, even stack up to, but through empowering them, giving them the space to kind of go and explore themselves and be able to apply that knowledge to trip themselves up, make a mistake, but then I have the confidence they can recover from it. We've achieved something really, really special here. And I think it's that key leadership philosophy and tenet that has served me very, very well going back to that time around that lunch table with, with that particular gentleman. Wow, that's a good one. That is really critical. And I would have to say we talk at Women Electronics a lot about mentorship, sponsorship and allies. So with women being in a minority of leadership positions in the industry, really less than 10% in decision making roles, all the data is showing us how imperative it is to have parity at that table. But we need leaders like yourself, like Lindsley, like a lot of leaders to sponsor women, to open doors for them, to believe in them. And so what are your feelings about that? Because, you know, this conversation is so critical because we talk about being able to make mistakes, having the room to, you know, bring your own thoughts to the table and do things a certain way, but be guided along the way. So what are your thoughts about that with women? Do you have something at Allied or is that potentially why you're aligning with women in electronics? Aligning with women electronics definitely is an indication of something we care deeply about. And if you look at, you know, my particular leadership table, it's far higher as far as the proportion of women in leadership roles you know, than what you might see within the industry. And I think we're making progress as an industry, but it's something you have to be really intentional about. So it has to flow through to your hiring processes. It has to flow through to the, the way you approach interviews, you know, and the, and the information you're trying to extract during those, those discovery sessions with people. If I think about, you know, why it means a lot to me, I, I go back to when I worked in hospitals. I mean, I was surrounded by women at that point in time. And what I learned was a deep appreciation for the different perspective that women can bring. I think there's an element of high quality empathy they bring to a business that really resonates with today's employee in a way that may not with the more typical, you know, kind of leadership structures we would have seen in the past. And so having that balance, you know, going back to that experience I had there coming into this role, I've always been inclined to really want a balance to my leadership team, to the people I work around. And, and to see the value of kind of the differences we each bring. It's not just with men and women, but it's also with people who come from different ethnic backgrounds, for instance. You know, they, have different, they have different perspectives on life. They have different perspectives on what works and what doesn't. Um, 
And so it's that kind of collection of different ideas that allows us to arrive at better conclusions as a business. And so we align with women, you know, women in electronics, because I think you're you're doing something that's really kind of getting at a root opportunity for us as an industry. And we want to be a part of kind of solving for that and opening up more doors. So yeah. um, excited to be here. Well, we appreciate your support very much. And I think that you touched on something that's really critical. You know, our wheelhouse is the gender parity, but you're right. All levels of diversity, culture, you know, socioeconomic, all kinds of uh, different backgrounds help us to get closer to matching what our end user looks like, right? And being more relatable. And really, I want to touch on something as well that's really important is that growth mindset we talked about earlier in that when we allow more diversity to the table, it's just growing the industry, not taking away, right? I really truly believe there's room for everyone. What are your thoughts on that? Um, Because I think some people get maybe a little intimidated, like it's definitely not an us or them situation. I really believe the more diversity we bring into this industry, the more it expands. Um, what, What are your thoughts on that? I think you said it earlier when you said, you know, you, you really you're trying to create a leadership team or a culture that actually represents outside of the doors of our business. You know, so in order to do that, you have to have people that can connect with all those different thoughts and, and kind of cultural elements or whatever, whatever the case may be, whatever that difference is. You have, you have to have that represented in order to effectively identify those opportunities. The thing that's, I think, made the most difference for us is we have been very, very purposeful, intentional about going after talent that looks different, thinks different, you know, and and comes from a different even industry background. And those perspectives are great. But I will tell you this, as leaders, for me personally, it's not an easy road to walk because in doing that, you're breaking the norm of the industry and you're bringing in people that have to develop the skills. Just like when Lee Davidson told me I had to develop the skills for two years. I need, I didn't know it all, you know. Uh, well, when you're bringing people in from the outside, that's the same thing repeating itself. And you're bringing them in, in some cases, as senior leaders because they bring a skill set. It might be in digital. It might be in sales. It might be in marketing. It might be anywhere. But they're bringing in a unique skill set. But they've got to have time to hone that knowledge that they need to really be able to apply that within the business. That comes with some understanding that you got to have as a leader and patience you have to have because they will trip up. They'll make mistakes. But you got to be able to support and get through it. And I will tell you, um, one of the probably the, the, the most challenging times for me as a leader was early, early on when I first took this role. And we had 60% of our leadership team change. And I brought in a large number of people who, in fact, all those roles came from externals uh, that were bringing a different perspective. It was a hard road for a while because they were finding their feet. And so, therefore, I felt greater pressure as the leader to kind of be involved in everything to help them through that period of time. On the other side of it, I look back and go, wow, the best decision you could ever make. But that road to get there is not easy. So I would say for any leader in this industry, you know, you're going to have to lean in and be, an intention, be intentional and you're going to have to stay the course. But on the other side of it, it tends to work. Uh, and that's been our recipe. Wow. That is a great concluding message because it is disruptive, right? So what you're talking about is healthy disruption. And it requires a lot of emotional intelligence and, and even our current leaders to always be developing. Um, I would say that if something I see the most, it's a lot of leaders who get to a certain level where they feel like developing is for others. (laughs) But really, we all have to keep expanding and growing constantly because this healthy disruption is 
a big task to undertake and to see it through to the other side. Like you're saying, Ken, it takes a lot of endurance and patience and grace, right, for ourselves mm-hmm. and for others. But to conclude with one, the final parting words, if you could if imagine some young rising professionals or even just people in our industry who are looking to maybe go to a different level, what would be your biggest insights or words of wisdom for those people? Yeah, um, I actually have this conversation quite a bit with um, the kind of the all of our folks, but particularly with the more the youth movement we have going on in our business, you know, because it's important that they stay and they grow. I just from my experience, I would just coach them to give the advice of don't rely upon a company or a person to write your development plan. Write it yourself. Um, pursue, explore all those words I've used throughout this conversation. You know that's what worked for me personally, and so and I think it still works today. But you have to be in, you have to be and I use the word intentional again. You have to be intentional about it. You have to have in some ways a plan. You don't have to plan. I, I'm not a big proponent of I'm a plan and have a ten year plan for my career because things change. But you can have a one year plan, a two year plan, and you can really go aggressively at that, and you can be really focused with it. So. You know, if it's that you want to get, if you want to go and maybe explore an opportunity in another function within the business, then go align yourself with someone you might see that has a little bit of mentorship to give you in that function and go work with them, nurture a relationship, learn from them, express your interest there. And I will bet that doors will open, but don't expect that to be a pull. You've got to go push too. And then the pull occurs. So that's, that's really my best advice for anybody that's kind of looking at that next step and how to progress themselves. I think that was very sound and very just amazing insights. And especially for all the women listening, we we just had our conference and I'll conclude with this. And we just had to talk about this. And it's like, set your intentions, go after it, have some timelines for yourself. And, and just really, you have to pursue it. It's not going to come chasing you. You have to go pursue that, you right, Ken? Yes, you do. And I really appreciate your time, Ken. Like this has been a really great interview, part one and part two, getting to know you, getting to know the heart behind the leader is what I always love to get down to. So I appreciate your time uh, with us today. No, thank you so much. It's been absolutely fun to talk in this way. And it's it's just things that I'm passionate about. So I've really enjoyed it. And um, maybe maybe another time. Yes. Okay. Well, this concludes our interview and we will circle back around another time. Thank you for your leadership, Ken, in the industry. Thank you as well. Take care. You've been listening to another episode of Women in Electronics right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.